Well, welcome to the show. Happy yeah. Monday. Yeah, these um, It's been uh, first weekend after the All-Star break. Not looking great for the Diamondbacks. No, dude. T- Toronto was not was not fun. <laughs> no, they I were think... ready for the second half. They were riding the Vladdy home run derby win, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're already a decent team, so it's not like they need a lot of help, right? Yeah. But, um... It was a bad start to the weekend. Is did you? I mean, maybe you knew this, uh, but I had read a couple weeks ago. Actually, no, it was when we, nah, whoever we played before the Angels, we won the last game. I think that I and, swept by the Mets huh? before them too. I'm trying to think. I thought you yeah. got swept by the Mets before the Angels. So no, then... no, we did not. We won. We, I think we won game one at the Mets and then lost the two. Okay. This is the first series sweep and the very last team to do so this season. Oh, okay. Well, that's promising. Yeah. Not bad, huh? So, as much as we may not have won every series, obviously, going one and three is still losing, but this is the first time the Diamondbacks have been swept in a series all season. So, go now, what, 90 games? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad, right? That's basically like 30-plus series, right? On average, three games a series. Yeah. Um, That's pretty good to, to never lose one. I mean, to never be swept in one. You might lose one, but to never be swept. That's not bad. Um, it's a bad way to start the second half <laughs> to go ahead and lose that streak already, but... Yeah, not the best start. I watched games, I think the Saturday game I was watching a little bit, and they were off to a good start, and then Toronto's bats woke up, and then it was over. Gurriel had a good game. I think he had a good weekend, especially Sunday. I think that was his best day. He had a slide into home in the first, and then he had a diving catch at the bottom of the first in left field. To mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see some of those. I did see some of the highlights. That was I, I didn't catch any of the games. I did see that they were all close, you know, 5-7, 5-2, 5-3, yeah. whatever, stuff like that, so... Yeah, that is the one yeah. thing. I feel like ever since Tory's been the manager, if the team is like healthy, they're never like getting blown out. Yeah, they're always going to be in most games. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, part of the reason okay. he's been here as long as he has to. True, true. I mean, on to the Braves. Not that this is a great reprieve from Toronto. Expect the worst team we could possibly play, as they are <laughs> the best team in the league. But nonetheless, we shall see how this series starts. Yeah. But as we continue, still have a long stretch. Trying to figure out what's going on with them angels. Well, sounds like Dodgers are out of it for sure. Last I heard today, I read on Twitter maybe an hour. Is that ago. because they're the Dodgers? Yeah, I'm okay. sure that's part of it. Because I mean, I wouldn't want to trade them up the street and watch him kill them and do great every day for the next three months and then possibly ten years too. I kind of get it. I, it sucks because they could give you maybe the best offer, but that's why I'm. Yeah, yeah, that's but that's the problem. Do you want to be? But so okay, so, so get this: Eric Karros, obviously a former Dodger, was mm-hmm. talking about it, and he said that he thinks he's going to get to the Giants. And everybody else, like, like as a Mister Dodger, you're like, what? He's just like the Giants make sense. Like they're right in the thick of it. They're only a game and a half out of first. If they get him and they get him in the organization for a couple of months, and they can show him if they get to the playoffs and win. Like they have a good culture. Yeah, and it's a very heavy. There's a very heavy Asian culture there as well. So like he'd feel better. Very it's true. Still on the West Coast, so it's an easier flight back to Japan. So West Coast, like you and I talked about. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously Farhan Zaidi is worked with Friedman, so he obviously knows what he's doing up there. So I would think that would open up the opportunity for like maybe Otani would be open to it. I mean, I'd be more down than seeing him go to the Dodgers, to be honest. You yes. Know? I just, uh, not something I'm really looking to uh, to watch. Um, I like watching Otani. Um, I do want him to win. 
I just would like it to be in basically any other jersey besides <laughs> the pinstripes and the uh, white and blue, you know? Yeah, which that's the other one is the Yankees apparently and Tampa Bay are the other two that are heavy into trying to trade for him. Not that that means mm-hmm. they would try, they would even resign Cheap him. him. It right. could be just a rental. But if you're Tampa, like, okay, so remember how we kind of talked about like maybe Tampa wouldn't do that. That's not really their thing. They don't really go after people like that. Big things like that, right? Yeah, they don't, can't and, afford it. <laughs> exactly. And then I read a thing earlier. Let's see if I can find it here in a second. Where did I put it? Dang it. Oh, here it was. So back at some point, there was they traded uh, a promising right-hander for Joe Ryan, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz during the trade deadline in 21 as a push for the playoffs. They extended Wander Franco on an 11-year deal, kind of like the Dimebacks did with Carroll very early. So it's not a massive amount of money, but from yeah. five years of arbitration to none for an 11-year deal is huge. Apparently True. they've even pursued Freddie Freeman and his free agency. So like maybe if it's the right piece... They're willing oh, so maybe to they will. go all in. Gotcha. Yeah, they probably didn't get Freeman because they just they wanted him. They were willing to get something, but they didn't really want to offer him as much as obviously the Dodgers could. Absolutely. So, well, if you're Tampa. Yeah, like maybe you take that. I mean, again, they have a huge farm system, which is part of the reason they're good and don't have a high payroll in the first place. Mm-hmm. So they obviously have a deep system. You could trade a bunch of guys, and if you get him, even if you don't keep him, but like. Ultimately, you went like him with everybody else they already have would be just ah oh, man. I already think Tampa's yeah. good now. I mean, look but... good, to your point, sixty wins, first team to sixty. Yeah, oh, okay, maybe the Braves. Either okay in the AL, first in the AL. Yeah, first in the AL to sixty, and by a, by a pretty wide margin. I mean, three three games ahead of you know Baltimore. Yeah, and uh, four games ahead of Texas. So yeah. to your point, I mean, adding freaking the best player, not just best pitcher. Maybe he's not the best pitcher, but he's the best pitcher with that bat. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. the, the the Rays are obviously very analytical, so, like, they're going to do weird lineups and stuff, but, like, that is, Otani's going to be the DH in the lineup. They can plug and chug around him however they need to and just let him pitch every other – because I think most teams with – or the Angels have had a six-man rotation, I think, with him to help pace out his pitching which I'm sure Tampa has plenty of young arms that they can plug and chug as they go throughout the regular season mm-hmm. to bring up and down and not go, you know, over their minor league options, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Boston doesn't make sense to me. As much as they have the money to do it, right, being one of the teams to do it, Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're in. You know? No, I don't either. Like, they're, and it's not, it sucks because they're obviously a pretty decent team. They're six games over 500. Obviously, they're up 6 nothing on yeah. Oakland right now, so it's going to be, and it's in the ninth. Um, but like, oh, okay. they're so far back in the East already behind two other teams. Obviously, they're not going to catch Tampa. So, yeah. is it really worth it to like maybe gut it for even the third, like like the worst wild card spot? So, do you think that teams that are attempting to trade for him are only ones that are currently not currently in the position? I don't mean that. Like, okay, you're in the third spot but currently in playoff contention. And I asked that for the second question. I want you to answer both because they're most likely not getting a contract on the trade and they need to prove to Otani that they can win question. there. Yeah. Seattle's the one that comes to mind because they're 500. They're six games out of the third of the third wild card spot. That's a heck of a climb, but you know, uh, Depoto, who's there, I think he's the one who got Otani to come to the Angels in the first place. So there's a connection there. I mean, 
Seattle's not they're young. They got they got good pitching, but they're at five hundred. But if they add Otani, that just boosts everything they do. And you already have Julio Rodriguez in the outfield, so they have young mm-hmm. talent. And then and Seattle, to your point, like you said, they built uh, Ichiro play there. Yeah, so there's obviously a Japanese culture there, and they have connection. They've had multiple Japanese players there over the years, mm-hmm. more so than probably most, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, and what I think they have a catcher, right? Suzuki. Yeah. So um, I just or Kurt Kurt something like that. I mean, Cleveland's a dark horse because, but there's, well, I don't know. I guess they could. They're only two games out of the division, so even though they're five out of the. Well, my question game. basically is: Do you think teams that are on the outside looking in are afraid to give up a lot of stuff because they're like, at the end of the season, it's not guaranteed, right? I think it just depends on which team it is because it depends on how their ownership is. Like Seattle's more of a like. Okay, we made the playoffs last year. We have to show our fans we're going to continue to try to, you know, improve and get better. And mm. this would be that. And because better. the culture and the possible historical Japanese players yeah. there, that might be enough to not have to yes. be in the playoffs this year to get him to sign a contract. Exactly. And then if you're Cleveland, okay. like Cleveland, there's no way he's going to stay there. So oh. that's a really like you. You're taking a gamble to give up whatever you have to give up to get him because he's definitely not going to stay there. There's no doubt in anybody's mind. They're not even mentioned. It's not like a dark horse. <laughs> Like, San Diego's more of an option even. In and they've already bowed out, I think. Yeah, but I mean in free agency. Like, San Diego oh, would be an opportunity yeah. in free agency for sure. But, yeah, trade, no way. They, they're they going to probably end up getting rid of a couple guys themselves. Dude, they have to. They can't afford that, bro. They have a starting all-star team. No, and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and they're not good. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, last question then here on Otani for me. Who can actually offer the most? And if somebody does offer this, what are the Angels doing? Are the Angels going to ride this out? Or do they just have to be smart and trade them and get something? Just get something. And if so, do they take who can offer the most? Or do they basically, if that's the Dodgers, avoid it? You said what are they doing? Do they need to trade them? You said it exactly. Or do they try if, to keep them? If they're going to trade him, which I think they will, and it'll be at the last possible minute because they're going to drag it out as long as they possibly can and keep him in an Angels jersey. Yeah. And then... Best offer is going to be the Dodgers because they have the deepest system and the best team and run organization in the last 10 years. So there's no doubt they can have the best offer. But they won't do it because it's the Dodgers. So then it comes down to the next best offer, which would be San Francisco probably, or Tampa, if Tampa gave up enough prospects. Okay. Yankees are, I feel, more of a dark horse than Tampa because Yankees don't really have that deep of a system. They're not known for having a deep system. No, they really buy their pe- thing. people. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they have an okay system, but I, it's not like anybody's ever raving about it. So, no, not really. You're not going to give, you'd have to give up actual MLB talent, and that's not what the Angels probably want. Because ultimately, I, I don't know if they will at the deadline as well this year, but I think you have to look into trading Trout next winter at this yeah. point. Because if you're going to trade Otani and get something, well, what's the point of keeping Trout? Like, might as well just, yeah, they need to start to tear it down. They need to, he needs to sell the team. Well, that's a whole other thing of itself. It's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> so, okay, well, then I have a question here then, man. Kind of leading into the ex- the extra, I guess, like Cardinals, Cardinals Fios there. How, how does trading in major leagues work mostly? Like, for teams like this, like Otani, Arenado, Goldschmidt, top-tier players that, that playoff contending teams are looking for, are, are teams giving back more picks, more prospects, any... MLB pro ready players, not ready as in they're in AAA, but like ready as in they're on the current roster. How often does that happen? Or obviously, are they trying to retain as many current roster players as possible and just load up on sending out prospects? What happens more in baseball? 
I was going to say, I think it just more depends on the team and at the time and the, like place. Because like if you're the Oakland A's, you're obviously, obviously always rebuilding. So when you trade big guy, guys that are getting good and going to get paid, you're looking for the most prospects you can possibly get because you want the least amount of money to be paid in the long run when they have a roster because they obviously never pay anybody or have a roster salary of okay high amount. so give me an example like here for these two teams because these are actually great examples because they're not seller dwellers but they're not necessarily top tier teams cardinals and angels what kind of what kind of car, what kind of uh things are they looking back for if if angels are trading for otani are they looking for players prospects picks cardinals same question arenado goldie are looking for players prospects picks Angels, the problem is Artie's going to look for a mixture of pro and prospects, but the smart move would be just to get Hasby prospects, like get yeah. six or okay. seven players in total if you can push it to that point, like for real. Like if that. you're the Cardinals, I think it's a little bit of in between. Like you want to get maybe like two prospects, depending on if you're getting Arenado or Goldie out, mm-hmm. and then you probably want an MLB guy, like a young guy that's already in like a year or two in. Because even though the Cardinals aren't good this year, Typically, they are always in the division race in the Central. So they'll probably be back in the run next year. So they don't want to deplete too much of the MLB talent. They just want to get rid of a couple bad contracts or, you know, guys that are probably older like Goldie who want to compete now and you can get them to a better spot than they're in at this moment. Because, like, and to be honest with you, if I'm them, I would move Goldie more than Arenado. I feel like Arenado— that's what, Okay, that's what I literally was about to ask you. Yeah. So who are you moving first? If you're if you're moving both, who are you moving first? And if you're only moving one, who are you moving? I'm moving Goldie. So— Goldie, why? Age? He's thirty-five. How old is Arenado? Yeah, that and again, if, I think so three years younger. I think if they're going to compete again next year, like I, every, most people think they will, then you want to have Arenado at third. And worst case, if he starts to break down where he can't do third as much, you could always move him to first. So then at that point, Goldie's kind of a double. And Goldie and, is only a first baseman. Yeah. Also, it'd be easier to trade because teams taking him on aren't taking on crazy years. Correct. He's in his second to last year, and then Correct. he's unrestricted. So and... they get him for this year, one more, Yep. right? And then if you want to resign him, great. If you let him walk, let him walk. And worst case, Definitely doesn't... Goldie, like, he'll be a d- decent DH if he gets that old bad at, de- at defense. But I don't think – he's a gold glover, like, multi time. So yeah. he's going to just stand there and play first, like, totally fine, and he'll probably – Slowly, his offensive numbers will dwindle, especially his home runs, as they probably already have declined over the last few years. But, like, he'll mm-hmm. still hit, you know, 15 to 20 home runs a year. He'll probably get, like, 75 to 90 RBIs. Like, he'll still give you something. And if he's at first, you got a, you got a solid guy, and he's a good clubhouse dude. Like, nobody's ever said one bad word about him, ever. <laughs> true. Very true. Cl- which is kind of leads me this very true that you say that. And, and I was just about to say something. I want your opinion. Scale of 1 to 10, how close do you think I am with this? I see him following, maybe not to the Hall of Fame level, a Albert Pujols career trajectory. In the sense of, mm-hmm. people like him in the locker room. Albert Pujols, everybody loves Albert Pujols. Yep. I've never heard anything bad about Albert Pujols. He can still hit. He can play first. And when he's done doing that, he can kind of play first, kind of DH. Kind of play first, kind of DH. I actually think... Goldie's going to have a better decline because <laughs> he's better decline. Okay. One, he's in <laughs> better shape than Pujols is even at this age was like by yeah. the time Pujols got to angels, I would say within the first two years, you could already see his shot. Yeah. His legs were done. The way his body is built, he's very strong, obviously, but again, his mm-hmm. upper body and his legs are just not the best. So I think it, mm-hmm. especially as that big a guy and your ankles start to go, then it's just always going to break down very easily. But Goldie's more of a I... slimmer, you know, buffer guy, but like just solid. 
and he's yeah. never had many injuries. I think the biggest one is when he got hit by a pitch, but I mean, you're at the place. That's that not your, happen. yeah. Yeah. You're just... <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like his decline will be better because then he can go to DH. But again, I think even if he played till he was like, what, Goldie's 35, I think he could play till 40 and mm-hmm. he could DH and play first base even like, I don't know, 60, 70 times a year, even probably. I agree. Like Couldn't he'd be a more. solid, and with the way they use the DH on both leagues now, he can play in any league, which is Anywhere. Nice, extends it to even. I mean, it's just more of how long he wants to play and how how much he really wants to win a title, or if he ever gets a chance. That's like the biggest mm-hmm. thing it comes down to. And to your point, you know, he less injury, you know, maybe longer career. Maybe he does get that uh, contract on that contending team that is right there. You know, that yeah. needs another bat. Yeah, like uh, I would hate to say it, but I could imagine him kind of ending up like on the Yankees or something back into his career, just like trying to win a title. That. But yeah. you know what? I but I he, would root for him. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll root for him. I'm not. You could. I hope he gets 400 home runs. But you know, yeah, absolutely. they lose every game. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The reason why I I, I put that uh, notation on my statement about the. Hall of Fame trajectory. I, I don't want to disrespect uh, Albert, Albert Pujols. Oh, no, not at all. And I don't mean that Paul Goldschmidt isn't, but um, Albert Pujols is obviously all-time greater. Yeah. You know, it's so. just, I think the biggest part is obviously most of Goldschmidt's career was in Arizona, so nobody knew he was doing it. <laughs> and yeah. so the only people that knew were us Diamondbacks fans, and nobody else cared. So it's kind of yeah, hard to get true. everybody else to care. True. Well, speaking of the... Uh, the uh, Yankees, where where Goldie <laughs> might end up, <laughs> that in that in those pinstripes, we saw a couple a uh, couple of last minute. I saw the uh, the Mets walk off the Dodgers on Sunday night. Always, good. but before that, we got to watch some uh, some fun announcer jinx. Let's always, watch this quickly. Always classic. Trejo, 120 at bats, does not have a home run this year. Until now, a game-winning walk-off home run. <laughs> game-winning walk-off home run. He's never had well, a home run. <laughs> never, ever. What's crazy is, as as you showed me, this isn't the Rockies broadcast. No. <laughs> this is Yes Network yeah. saying, guess what, guys? We lost. Oh, that's the worst. It's that's like, a... you know, when the NBA announcers say, like, oh, the guy's at the free throw line, he's made 12 in a row, and then he misses. It's like, dude, you don't have to say it. <laughs> dude, that happens so much. In fact, I love I love watching it. I don't love it because I feel bad for the player, especially if I'm rooting for that team. Um, I love seeing it, and then I just watch the screen like, oh, no, here it comes. Yep. And then <laughs> I mean, feel like nine times out of ten it happens. Absolutely. It's so funny, dude. I don't know why. And then was it Steph last year that missed one and like heard them at the end? Yes, that was him. And pointed back like, hey, come on. That's what I heard. That's that's the one I was thinking of when when you mentioned that. But that happens in basketball all the time, I feel like. All yeah, the time. It does. Especially with free throws, right? That's the that's this guy, he's he's made this. he hasn't he hasn't brick brick. That's <laughs> that's the worst. You know, the closest thing I can think of is like uh not necessarily announcer jinx, but it was so hilarious. I believe it was Dame talking to no Spider talking to Grant Williams this past season. Do you remember that? Oh, the free throw thing. Yeah, oh he's like, yeah, you got don't you gotta make both. And he's like, I'm gonna make both. I'm gonna make both. <laughs> and, and he, he break both. Missed both. <laughs> Ugh. 
<laughs> Even if oh, you would have just man. missed one, you could like, okay, whatever, it happens. But you literally said, I'm going to make them both, and then you missed them both. <laughs> Dude, that's the crazy part. Yeah. And he's not even like a bad. It's not like DeAndre Jordan going up there no. saying, I'm going to make. He shoots 75%. Yeah. So 77%. Okay. Even better. This guy's making three out of four free throws. Went brick two at the end and then lost the game. And I'm 90% sure they lost the game because he missed both. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. So, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Ah, that's hilarious. I love watching the Celtics lose. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Celtics losing, if they were to make it to the finals. Um, I'd probably want them to run into one of these teams. Luckily for us, the West is stacked. Um, The newest, most stacked West team, of course, Suns. Got a little uh, taller over the past uh, weekend. Signed Bol Bol. Thoughts? I think it's perfect. I mean, you can... It's There's just so much length with him. And then with Aiton, I don't know if they'll necessarily be on the court at the same time, but... You could play him. You could play bowl at the four, right? That's in stretches. I would think. Yeah. Can he shoot? Yeah, he can definitely shoot because he can dribble. Like he can. Like how stretchy is this stretch for? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I've never watched. Okay, a ton of he's his not games. great at three, but I mean, thirty percent for a career is pretty good for someone seven two. Exactly, and he can dribble and like pass. He can move. Like he's not. I've definitely know, seen that. He's definitely limber. Like he's an athletic guy, so it's not like he's DeAndre, who he's like a robot. But I mean, like I said, I don't know how long they would do it or if any stretches very, if at all. But I think Aiden and him next to each other would be fun to watch, even in just preseason to see what they could do. But I agree, Aiden even... could be standing there like taking pictures or like <laughs> tweeting or something, right? And Bobo could be playing basketball or yeah, something. Yeah, that would, that would be a good idea to play basketball. I, mean. I don't get why Bobo doesn't get more run to be honest with you, because he doesn't seem like unless I just see don't see him at practice and he's just trash, right? But he doesn't seem like a bad player. And his dad played in – he's got, like, it in his blood. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I just don't get why he doesn't get more of a run. I mean, as much as I don't want the Suns to succeed, I kind of hope he has a really bright light here in, in Phoenix. Yeah, I do too because I, I feel like when he first got to Denver, they played him in, like, a couple stretches here and there, but they never really gave him any, like, solid regular rotation minutes. But once he got traded to Orlando, you're like, okay, well, now he's going to get some more minutes. and like some. I mean, he got a little more, but he didn't get, like – and then they're not competing or winning anything over there, so they're obviously just playing games in a sense. But I don't know. He just—I feel like there's so much more there. But depending on what he can learn from KD, obviously they're exactly—he's just a couple more inches taller. But mm-hmm. he can learn how to like at least get in the inside of the three-point line. His kind of game and movement—I can't imagine. That's that, very true, right? Yeah, partner KD. So he has the the more wing skills with frank vogel yeah. right to teach to teach Bobo the those those post skills and that's a great place for him to thrive i think so and again i think vogel is a really good coach defensively which bowl with his length and his athletic ability to like move up and down and left and right like he can pl- play really good defense within that system i'm thinking that they're gonna play with so I mean, I wouldn't say defensive player of the year because he probably won't play enough minutes, but right, I would yeah. assume his per 36 when you look at it at the end of the season will be much better defensively than it has been in the last few years. I think he'll – you remember the other day we were looking stuff up and we were kind of surprised at who was the top of the blocks list and the yes. rebounds list because I think he's going to surprise us again. I think, But to your point, I think he might be higher up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think within yeah. that system and the way they're going to need him to play defense because that's obviously what they're missing with all the guys. I mean – not that Beal's not an I, – I don't know much – Beal doesn't play much defense that I'm aware of, and Booker's not the greatest. And Durant's good, like, team defense. I don't know how about 
one on one. He's like a. He used to be great. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. he's older. Lost now, a so. step a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Okogi is like your defensive guy. Damian Lee's probably one of those off the bench to help. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, but as we know, as Laker fans, Frank Vogel's a defensive coach. Yes. You so know? if you don't play defense, so, you're not going to play. That's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the team is going to play good team defense. That's what he. I think it's kind of like a Darvin Ham thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we have Vanderbilt. Sure, he's good. Rui is is pretty good. Uh, obviously, AD best as a roamer, but you know he he's pretty good too. But uh, you know, I think we're better as team defense. Uh, yeah. I think that's what the Suns will be able to do, even though they don't have necessarily that you know that one guy to put on you know. Your your guy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, that's so. in the in the playoffs anyway. It comes down to team defense because everything slows down. The you know the fouls get called differently. The offenses are run a little more tightly. Like everything's got to be much better. So most, I think, I don't know what the member of the streak is, but if you're not in top ten of defense, like you're probably not going to win a title that year. <laughs> Yeah, and did that happen again this year? Did is Denver pretty good at defense, or did they outscore? I think everybody? they were more, yeah, more offensively like heavy, obviously. But I don't know what their final ranking for the team defense was. But I gotta think they were like between ten to fifteen. I can't imagine them being in the bottom half. No, I agree. Yeah, I would agree because they're not bad. I mean, no. we couldn't score on them. They're tall. They're a big team. They have a yeah, lot I mean? of length. With Aaron Gordon and Contiguous Caldwell Pope as like your guard wing defenders, and then just camping freaking. Now, he's not great at defense, but he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Just camping freaking Jokic around the paint. So yeah, absolutely. And I always but, like uh, watching KCP win. He's such a good player. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm oh, happy yeah. he won another sure. one. Man, he deserves. It. He's he's a great player. Exactly like you said. Yeah. So, um, but you and I were looking the other day. Uh, speaking of the roster, talking about kind of their depth. You know, we we know they're top heavy. Obviously, they have. Uh, let me let me let me see it real quick. Suns contracts. You know, I me get the number right, baby. Brad. I just want to make sure that we're getting the number right here. They have 32 plus 36 is 68. Oh, my gosh. Plus another, what, 90? 46 and, or 47 and 48. So 93 plus 94. Oh, my gosh. So in, uh, in four players alone, they have $163 million. Oy, that's a yeah. lot of money. Uh, the cap is 165. <laughs> <laughs> So in only four play, they literally can't field a court or whatever, a full team, um, and they have two million dollars left to spend, three million dollars maybe. So that's all they can technically afford. So they're way over the cap. It's obviously why we saw them get rid of campaign the other day. Yep, it was a salary dump. Uh, as much as they're not a winning team, maybe I think it's great that he went to a, a great organization like San Antonio. Yeah, for sure, he's going to thrive there. Uh, obviously. I think with Pop being there for a five-year extension, everyone knows like it's all everything's good here. We're good now that Wemby's in town, and I think if anything, Wemby with campaign just doing pick and roll, like campaign that's been his whole career is running pick and roll, so it's only going to help Wemby as long as he can keep the passes up. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of lobs because there were to Aiton from him, so I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing, and it's going to be a lot easier because Wemby actually you know wants to play basketball from what we can tell so far. And yes. is a little taller and can jump. So it's going to be not a big deal to throw up a lob here and there. Agreed. And correct me if I'm wrong. I know that he played with Westbrook. Westbrook is not necessarily the best at the pick and roll, but he, he can run the pick and roll pretty well. Yeah. Um, he did it with Steven Adams, like freaking clockwork. Yep, absolutely. Did he play, I know he played with him, but did he, was he on Oklahoma City when, I mean, I know he, knew, I don't know he obviously learned Phoenix, but was he on Oklahoma City when Chris Paul was there too? Ooh, you know what? I don't think so because i feel like okay. by then schroeder was there as the backup point guard okay but it's not impossible i'd have to double check the 
but to mean, I mean, okay, well, I guess the point is he still got him in Phoenix. So I guess, you know, he got to learn from two Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, who are, I mean, maybe the Westbrook's not known for the pick and roll, but I know he can execute it well. I've seen it a hundred times, like I said, with Steven Adams. And then Chris Paul, I mean, that's his freaking bread and butter. Uh, one of the best to ever do it. So um, pick and pop too. So he can, uh, I, I agree. I think he could do, I think he could do well with that with Wemby. So I'm back to Phoenix. Oh, ahead, before I look at the numbers, he was in Oklahoma City back in 1516. I think Chris Paul was there for the bubble year, right? Because wasn't that the whole thing? He got them into yeah. the, into the bubble yes. with like competing. So yeah, that wouldn't. Mm-hmm. He was in Phoenix by that point. Okay. Okay. Which again, he played so, with them anyway at some point. Still played with them anyways. Yeah. So I guess my my point is moot. But but thank you for looking it up. Yeah. For <clears> sure. <throat> but back to Phoenix's current. Depth. They got uh, Steph Curry's brother, not Seth, but. Lee. I was like, wait, right? what? <laughs> yeah, his brother-in-law. Brother, brother-in-law, yeah. I was <laughs> just, like, wait, just, when just did just Seth go there? I thought he went back to Dallas. <laughs> you had I'm just messing, making sure, making sure the audience is paying attention. Yeah, making sure everyone's paying attention. That Seth Curry is not in Phoenix now. No, brother-in-law. Damien, Damien Lee. Damien Lee, brother-in-law is, yes. Right. yes. Uh, they got a, Josh Akogi. They picked up Drew Eubanks. They got Watanabe. And Eric Gordon. The Eric Gordon one is crazy to me because I remember when hearing – the Lakers were thinking about you picking up Eric Gordon mm-hmm. uh, when he was, I think, released uh, from the Clippers. But I had heard that we were going to have to give him our mid-level exception of $12 million a year. And I was not down with that. Mm-hmm. Turns out he signs freaking Phoenix for $6 million total. Yeah, but I think it's partially t- – well, that is weird. He gets the second year player option, obviously, I'm guessing. Yeah, That is weird like- to not take – to ask for 12 but then well you know what though he wasn't i think he played in phoenix before so maybe he just wanted to go back to arizona and he is friends with those guys and maybe he's not a huge lebron fan i don't know <laughs> which not everybody hey, fine wants with him, me man which is, i didn't want yeah. him, i didn't want him for 12 yeah. which you know what though i have to say too eric gordon has had a lot of injuries in his history and i know there's a lot of talk i think phoenix has one of the best like training staffs in the nba as far as like injury that was like part of the reason nash lasted as long as he did because of what they did with him and his back and everything Mm-hmm. So maybe that's kind of what Gordon's thinking too. He is another year older, like he could get injured. So maybe he's thinking health-wise and then obviously still having an opportunity to play and win maybe a, a title. That ring. Guys. Yeah. I don't know. Play title chasers, let them, let them have them. I mean, I get it, man. Yeah. I don't absolutely. like them when they're – I mean, I can't hate on KD for making his decision. It's his life, and I'm happy he's doing whatever he wants to. I didn't yeah. necessarily root for that. I did root for them because most of the time they were playing Cleveland. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, when you're when you're retired like that, like the Mellows were, and like he is now, when you're close to retirement, go for it, bro. Yeah, man. If you're at the point where you're not playing, you're not a starter like every day. You're not playing probably even more than twenty twenty five minutes a game. But as long as you're still contributing, and you want to contribute and win. Like, go for it. You're if especially if you already made your money and had your big contracts early, then you're not worried about the money if you still have it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I feel like he has. Yeah, I feel like we haven't heard anything about Gordon going to the strip club like hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember hearing anything about Eric Gordon. Yeah, him and him and Lou Williams, bro. <laughs> they they played together in the Clippers, man. Maybe I think. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Um <laughs> so you and I talked about it a little bit earlier. We we think Bol we think Bobo's gonna have a pretty good year. Pat Bev tweeted that he thinks the same. Yep. So we'll see if uh we are correct in that. I and mean, then Pat obviously Bev knows what he's talking about, so he knows he did. He does play in the NBA. Yeah, he kind of knows. But I like you and I talked about. We already had a feeling too, just because of based on like the opportunity there. There's not going to be really pressure on him. Like he's just there to mm-hmm. help. He's not like the main guy. So yeah, it'll be fine. Yep. You think he'd have more pressure if we signed him? 
I mean, to be honest, yes, because everybody that signs with anybody on a LeBron on the team, like if there's just that much more pressure. Regardless. And then on top of it, add the Lakers. Yeah, you're a Laker. You're in LA. You're playing with LeBron, and obviously we're at the end of LeBron's run here of maybe mm-hmm. taking a run at titles. And after last year's conference final appearance, they're probably thinking, okay, well, here's maybe our last shot. So, uh, sure. And Lakers are known for what? Bigs. Uh, I'm pretty sure titles <laughs> and bigs, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, the famous story I mean, is always all... like they have uh, all those NBA titles in their uh, practice facility displayed, but nobody has any idea where the Western Conference titles are. And everyone's like, "Yeah, no one cares. That's not what we play for." What's a Western Conference? Yeah, what? like when the Lakers won. I think it was '09, right before they played Orlando. They were like, "Yeah, we don't care about that trophy. Like, thanks." Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> we're just gonna go get the Larry O'Brien. So thanks. Um, but yeah, and you also you read. Beal's going to be playing a little bit more point guard. Last touch on the Suns here. You read that. He's going to be playing maybe a little point guard because uh, Payne's gone now. Yeah, and obviously Chris Paul's not there, so somebody's got to play point. But we talked about, too, like Beal, Booker, KD, even though they're not traditional point guards, the way the NBA goes this day and the way it's played, like they can set and run an offense and get it started, and it doesn't have to be the point guard that ends up with the ball anyway. So like, it's a positionless game at this point. So Yeah, true. Like you're just playing Very basketball. true. Which is an insane segue, because if anybody is positionless, I know the Clippers have basically tried to build themselves to be such, oh. especially having their two best players being almost identical, um, especially in stature and skill set, jump shooters who can make plays and play great defense. You know, they've also decided to choose people who like getting hurt. Yeah, you know? yeah, but they're currently yeah. looking to go after maybe James Harden. Which I and Harden, quote, really wants to be a Clipper. Thoughts? I don't understand. Okay, wait, I understand why he wants to be a Clipper, because he wants to come home to L.A., which is where Russ is, and K- all these other guys, Kawhi and Paul, everyone's from SoCal, so they're all at home. They want to play together. But from a fit standpoint, one, it just... One, is Russ going to go to the bench? Because you can't play Russ, James, Paul, and Kawhi all at the same time with Zubak at center, right? Like, that's a weird lineup. <laughs> I don't even understand how yeah. that works because like, you don't want Russ off the ball. That was part of the problem when he was here and when he was with Harden the first time in Houston. That's how the Lakers beat them in the playoffs. They didn't guard Russ for like 80 feet, and they just doubled Harden, and then Russ missed every shot, and the Lakers won the series in five games. Like, it just took care of the whole thing. Yeah, So and Russ has only gotten worse at shooting. Abs- oh, he can barely make layups, it seems like, these days. So... <laughs> I don't understand it from that point because then we already talked about like Russ last year didn't like the bench in LA as a Laker, so why would he go to it as a Clipper? And as much as like Ty Lue's the one of the best coaches in the NBA, I feel bad for him. I feel like this is gonna like kind of ruin his reputation in a sense because if he can't get these random four to fit and somehow win with no depth behind them, because if you're gonna get hard and he's making thirty five million, you're gonna have to give up a couple people. And Philly's not going to just take nothing. They're going to want, obviously, draft picks. And I would think... Daryl Morey's going to want the best players. Yes. So I would think Norman Powell, uh, yep. Robert Covington, Maybe Terrence, a Terrence Mann, Mann. Those would be the three I would start with. Because obviously Philly still wants to compete with Embiid and Harris. Or does Harris get involved? But at that point, or even P.J. Tucker, because P.J. Tucker follows Harden everywhere. So that's another <laughs> that's 11 million. so true. It is. And then there's he's always open in the corner, yeah, bro. Harden drives. So that's another 11 million. <laughs> so that's 46 million for those two guys. So you're going to have to give up... Powell, Covington, and man, and you're still at 40. Okay, that's pretty close. That's not bad. You can probably do that. Try if I'm the oh, Sixers, I like that. I do too, position. actually. And then obviously draft. there have to be a draft pick or two somewhere involved. Yeah, of course. So uh, maybe even try to get uh, 
Bones Highland out of them or Amir Coffee, somebody kind of just like a cheaper contract at the bottom. Because obviously they're trying to keep their payroll down as well since they are paying Kawhi and those guys just like so much money to not play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the your point, the depth will be like Phoenix, except all the good players are gone. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's weird. Like Phoenix has all the those guys we talked about that are like on one year deals, but the Clippers at this point, like who are you? Even if you went that route at this point in free agency, there's not as many of those guys that are good available. Like that's why they're still available in the first place. I mean, look who we're looking at, man. Can we get Christian Wood or Bismack Biombo to be our backup? Hmm, exactly. Maybe we can get Javale McGee after he gets cut from. Like that's what we're dealing. with. Yeah, bro. exactly. So if I don't know disrespect to those players. You know, no, no, of course not. But if you're the Clippers and you give up your actual good depth to get just one guy or maybe two if you get include PJ, and then you have that, and then you have a bunch of random guys. I mean, not that they can't be good in contributing players, but the depth of what you could have compared to what you could currently have, I don't know why the Clippers would even want Harden. It doesn't seem to really make sense from their set. But I agree. And so who then in the Clippers organization, because this takes me back to your previous statement I had a question on when you're saying you feel like this would be really bad for Ty Lu and kind of tarnishes his uh, reputation. Do you think he wants this? To be honest with you, Ty Lue's in the last year of his contract, so he's probably not in the best situation with the franchise because I feel like their extension negotiations went to hell and then it ended. But I don't know if that also had to do with now Pop and, well, first Monty Williams recalibrating the coaching money because Sheesh. Which, you know, whatever. He has never won a title, but that's the money they gave him to get him there. That's fine. But so Ty Lue's won a title, and Pop just got his huge extension with a title or a couple titles, obviously, on his belt. Mm-hmm. So what does Five. then Ty Lue want? And if the Clippers are made of money and they're going to this new building in a year, like, do they give him that? Or it's kind of weird they didn't extend him now. So are they thinking that this is the last run of this? So As, who is, who is, who's out in the landscape that's so much better? I'm not saying there is anybody better, but I'm just after a while, eventually, if the coach can't get you to where you're supposed to get, you kind of got to change the coach, right? You can only... Kawhi. Paul George. Yeah, well. Sorry. That's something in my throat there, dude. Well, the problem with Kawhi is if you try to trade him, no one's going to feel comfortable giving up very much because they don't know what they're going to get from him. Well, no, everyone knows exactly what they're going to get, to your point, which is nothing. <laughs> Paul George, I could see getting a little more for him because he's a little, even when he does play, he is solid. I do give Paul George more credit. Yeah, he's played a little more, but still, like they're still not going to give up what they would have, you know, in your prime three years ago or four years ago when he went there in the first place. And yeah, in the bubble, I called Paul George way off P. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or pandemic. Yeah, P, I was saying right? that was I was down for I was down P. for all those. The year he led them to the conference finals without Kawhi Leonard. Yep. I changed my mind. Yeah, he he's was... playoff P. He could be playoff P. He is playoff P. He's he deserves it. I, I I I'm willing. I'm you know I'm the type of person when I call somebody out. Obviously, I don't mean it in any personal way. But when I think a certain opinion, hey bro, if they change it, props to you. Yeah, absolutely. And he's and it was like I think back too to his Indiana days, like when they were playing Miami in those conference playoffs uh, in the East. Like that was LeBron and the Heatles at their like most like. Best basketball they were playing, and they took them six and seven games. I think in back to back years in the playoffs. So again, well, again, that was Frank Vogel coaching. But don't get me I, again. I'm a Frank. I'm a Frank Vogel guy. <laughs> um, I do. Why not? I've, I've got George, nothing against him. He was fired because our team was weird. Yes, that has nothing to do with him. No, absolutely not. And the stop in Orlando, nobody wins in Orlando, so that's not his fault either. <laughs> but I am happy with Darvin Ham. To be honest with you, bro. Like, oh yeah. As much as I'm not like I'm not like 
heartbroken over losing Frank Vogel. I don't think he deserved it. He was blamed for it way more than he deserved. Uh, but I am happy with the Darmanham signing. I was questionable at first. I was happy that they picked a no-name in the sense of they didn't go after like a Steve Nash or yeah. they didn't go after like a Gino Oriema. I don't know. I doubt he would ever leave UConn, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like a big yeah. name, like a that kind of person. Yeah. Down yeah. to give somebody who was a player and uh, coming in, just worked hard, has a lot of experience in Milwaukee. So Yeah, yeah and he was coaching in Atlanta before that with Bud, so he's obviously been around. He's been through a lot. So, yeah, I've, I love the hire from the get-go. And then even, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know how they say, like, I'll play for that guy. And just, like, sometimes guys win the press conference, and he was one of those coaches that I was like, I get it. I understand why they hired him. I can see it. Like, I, I can feel it, like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same way I feel I about the Ducks' new coach. It's like after the press conference, I was like, "Yeah, okay, I understand why he was hired. This makes sense." Dude, sometimes adding a piece here or there can literally change the the trajectory of like an entire franchise. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, but especially when it's a legend, especially when it's a goat. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that Lionel Messi is coming to play in America when he is. Still has both legs. <laughs> yeah, he's not completely falling apart and just. He's not running around game. playing uh, wheelchair soccer. <laughs> he's uh, he's literally still. I mean, he just won the World Cup. Him and I mean, obviously him and the team. Yeah. Him and Argentina just won the World Cup. So, is he peak? He's the first one. Um, but the fact that he's here, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I do enjoy uh, World Cup time stuff. Absolutely, same here. Um, but you know, having another big name here is cool, bro. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same. It's the same thing we did with Beckham. Like Beckham came when he came, and the league exploded. Obviously, part of that agreement of coming here was eventually they would get him an an opportunity to own a team. He has done the right thing by putting a team in Miami, and now he's convinced another legend to follow him the same way. Like, obviously, the ticket. Wait a minute, he owns that team. Yeah. He's or has like, part ownership at least, whatever. No, I'm pretty sure he owns like the team. Dude, not... I didn't know that was his team. Okay, which is partially owned and operated. Okay, but he's like the face. Okay, of the whatever. Team, but he is a big yeah, part of the Yeah, that's what I ownership. mean. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, for him no to come wonder up... he got freaking <laughs> messy, bro. Yeah. Okay, dude. I wondered why I picked. I mean, Miami's a cool city, and it's very like Hispanic-y vibe. Obviously, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that Latin, Latin vibe. They have that. Like, obviously, it's Miami. They have close to Cuba. They got all the you know the Dominican and stuff. So. Coming from South America, obviously he kind of fits in pretty well right there. Yeah. So I get why he chose the, the city, but I didn't realize that that kind of was over the top too. Yeah, when Beckham nice. signed to come here to play for the Galaxy, in his contract or with his agreement, one of that was they would give him an opportunity to buy stake in an ownership of an expansion team in the future. So he did that and exercised that option back in 2018. So he bought a part of this team, helped create the name and the whole nine yards. Like he's been a big part of it, even though he's not the majority owner, he's been a big part of it and the push of it. So to get another one, another legend like himself to follow and do the same thing at the back end of his career, the MLS ticket sales for the inner Miami team has exploded. Obviously they're Mm going to come here and play LAFC. That's supposed to be at the bank or well, BMO stadium. Now there's That's talk of it getting moved to nuts. SoFi or to the Rose Bowl because there's going to be so much demand and people want to see it. Which one's bigger? I think the Rose Bowl technically then is take bigger, it there. but it's like, you know, old and hideous and I'm sure yeah, they're facts. the people that run the Rose Bowl are much more strict about what they can and cannot do in, when they're there using it for events. So I would then assume just SoFi, go to right? SoFi, make the, you know, do the whole thing and dress it up nice too. Like don't just make the game nice, like dress it up and make it pretty at SoFi, like go all in. 
this is going to be a huge thing for the league. It's going to jump up all the numbers. I mean, it's 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 a win win. I think. I mean, you saw the you saw within twenty four hours the um I don't know if it was the Twitter page or the Instagram page for (laughs) yeah social uh, Miami yeah. 24 hours it went from 1 million to like seven and a half million followers absolutely that's the that's the difference it's just the exposure that they're going to bring the MLS to so like all these people that follow uh, Messi in his normal stuff from other countries because he doesn't usually play here or live here are now going to see him living here playing here and all his highlights in MLS so then maybe they'll start watching MLS will explode there'll be MLS you know games in other countries you can do like in a you know how like the other sports do NFL goes to Germany could have two mm-hmm. MLS teams or a couple go to a tournament you know, South America somewhere or something. Like, how many teams are there right now? Expanded? Uh, how many teams the, are in the MLS? I want to say, I don't know if they're at 30 yet, actually. Let's see. I want to say they're between 26 and 30, if I had to guess. Because I'm wondering if they give, um, I wonder if they give uh, the, uh, like, is he going to, I'm sure he gets ownership of something. I know he has, we, you know, his contract is pretty crazy. He talks about the, uh, he, he gets parts of uh, anything that his jersey's on. He gets anything that his name is on. He gets parts of the Apple TV sales. He gets parts of the ticket sales. Was something about his contract of ownership as well? And if so, does his own new team? Because I'm starting to run out of cities. They're already 30 already. Was, or so does he... They're 29 right now, so I was just looking, which I think 30 has already been agreed upon. I just don't think they're playing yet. Mm, like okay. I remember somebody so, got an expansion. So you could go to 32. But yeah, that's how most of our most of our uh, sports are thirty to thirty two. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you could expand. Out. I'm just wondering where you would expand to. One, two. Usually, you don't expand more than every what five years. I would think you probably don't do it like every two years unless you like yeah. growing. Well, I mean, dude, if Messi's making your league grow, then Messi's making your league grow. You know yeah, I mean? but if you want him to have one, you got to wait at least I would think four years, right? Because I don't know how long his contract for, but I can't imagine he's going to play for like five six years. He is at the yeah. back end of his career at this point. Yeah, true. But it's definitely going to be something to watch and pay attention to because uh, well, I mean, I'm going to watch. I'm excited. Football. I don't even really watch highlights. football, so football, <laughs> whatever it might be. So um, maybe all that Ted Lasso I watched helped huh? me get more into soccer. <laughs> Which one? Ted Lasso. Ooh. I started. I watched. All oh, Lasso, so did maybe... you? Oh, okay. I've See, so you have Apple now. TV. You'll be watching uh, Messi. Oh yeah, that's true. And the MLS. That's a good point. Um, sticking with the theme. Women's World Cup coming up. When does that start? Thursday. Wow! Oh, literally. Yeah. Like literally coming up. Wow. Where is it? Uh, New Zealand and Australia, I believe. Oh, okay, that's right. It's cold but the right finals now. will be in Australia, but they're co-hosting right now for the opening rounds. Oh, okay. Nice. Because I think there's like um. So we're winning eight. again, right? Yeah, I, I'm thinking so. Like it's basically the same team that was there four years ago, except for the one young girl that's 18. That's like the. So we're know, better. Yeah, exactly. We're better. And Alex Morgan is still there, and she's still in her prime. She's been really well, playing really well down in San Diego in the NWSL. So she should be right. And then this is Rapino's last hurrah for this, and then she's going to finish out her season when she gets back and then hang it up, and that'll be the end of her uh, pretty crazy career. She's kind of been like there. I don't think this is like her fifth uh, World Cup that she's played in, which is kind of crazy. And they have uh, how many? Four, four gold? Uh, well, this would be their third in a row, so yeah, I think fourth overall, yeah. Because they won, then lost, and now have won three in a row. Yeah, correct. I believe they won, and I think they lost, was it Japan? Yeah. Okay, I, was saying, I vaguely Which remember watching the games. But yeah, I believe U.S. is favored to get it back, and then the other two teams are three teams I've heard about that would everyone wouldn't be shocked or 
weirded out about would be England, Spain, and Germany. Those are the three teams that everyone's looking out to try to take down the U.S. and not get three in a row. Nice. Well, they're going to fail. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably win it again. <laughs> USA. USA. Because they, they not only have they won when they won the last couple, they've been pretty dominant through most of it. I mean, obviously there's going to be a hard game here or there, or a close one here and there, but for the most part, they've pretty much dominated everybody when they played. So. This is actually one sport um, that I prefer, not the only, but one of the, where I prefer watching the women for the men. I cannot stand watching <laughs> every single time someone touches their foot oh, or their dude. hand. They jump, dive, flip, fall, cry, think everything's broken until they don't get a call, then stand up and run away. I cannot fine. stand the drama of men's soccer. I, I, I want it to go away so bad. I, I know it's quote-unquote the only way to get a call, but it's my least favorite thing, and that I doesn't happen in the Women's World Cup. I agree more. Wow. It's the worst. That's like I know the NBA flopping is bad, and that's annoying, but at least like the game keeps moving and like – I don't know. It's, I know the game moves in soccer, but it just feels so much more annoying in soccer because they're laying on the grass and everyone's like looking like, all right, get up, dude. Like, they're not going to call it. Let's go. But in the NBA, they just flop. And if there's no call, they get up pretty quickly most times and just keep moving. But I don't know. It's just so much more dramatic in soccer. Like you said, like the women will be dramatic when they get hurt, hit too, but it just, it's if they actually the same. get hurt. The men, it's so dramatic and annoying. It's like, you guys are not yeah. actors. Like, we're not looking for Oscar winning. It's one like, of the reasons why moves. I don't watch soccer. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I yeah. it, totally understand. It's the worst. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Which is why instead of that football, I like American football. Yeah. Big news for you. Oh, I I really don't know how to feel about it, but yes, Hopkins going to Tennessee is huge as a fan. But like, I'm okay. For, initially, I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. And then the more I thought about it, and the more I read, and then I heard people talking about it, say like, all right, Tannehill's back <laughs> and healthy. I think I think it was Rich Heisen this morning. I was listening to on the way to work. Uh, they have Derrick Henry, obviously. You have Tannehill back and healthy, which when Tannehill's healthy, we're pretty good. Like, we hang in most games. And once he got hurt last year, which his ankle was screwed up, and then he tried to play, and then he couldn't. It just, we fell apart. And then the offensive line was terrible, so Henry couldn't run because we had no Tannehill to throw. So it was just all bad. So Hopkins, Henry, Tannehill. That's not a bad trio to have as long as the offensive line can do and be healthy, do their job and be healthy. That's that's the biggest thing. Is the offensive line has to be healthy. I mean, everyone does, but yeah, I know. But if you can't guard the quarterback to give you time to throw the ball down the field to Hopkins, then Hopkins doesn't change anything about the way this the season goes for Tennessee because that was the problem last year. We had no time to throw the ball or get it downfield. One, we had no wide receivers last year either. Let's be honest. But if you have yes. no time to throw to whoever is playing wide receiver. That's not good either. So at least there's somebody to throw to. But again, if the offensive line is healthy, which, and I just I love Vrabel as a coach. Like he's a he's a former player, obviously he's won, so he knows. Although there was a weird stat they said that before they signed Hopkins, the Titans I saw. active <laughs> most touchdowns in their career was Vrabel, and he's the coach. <laughs> yeah, and he was a linebacker. Exactly, they were all trick plays and weird ones. It's not like and, it was Jerry Rice or uh, something. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like 12, and now the team's... Yeah, I think it was 12, 10 or 12, something yeah, like that. and now yeah. the franchise total as a team went up 70 because of Hopkins. Or something. Yeah, Hopkins is a beast. Like, oh, my God, that's so I think, sad. I think what, what the, what the uh, Titans realized that they did wrong was get rid of A.J. Brown. Ugh. 
Now you may not like AJ Brown. No, I actually but... love AJ Brown. I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing oh, you're saying, him, but I was mad the fact that they got, got rid, rid of him. him. Yes. Agree. Because you can even see it when they show the draft day live when you're watching it, and you see Vrabel's reaction to the trade being finalized. Like he was pissed. So already yeah, off that point, I'm like, okay, the him and the GM are not agreeing on it, so that's not a good start. Like we're already off to a bad start going into this whole situation. And then the GM ended up getting fired because we had such a bad year anyway. Well, because he was probably wondering who the heck he wants Brian Tannehill to throw the ball to. Yeah, because then he took a quarterback later, which we didn't necessarily need to take in the third round with uh, Willis or whatever, the kid from Liberty. So, like, mm-hmm. I just feel like once that disconnect happened there, it's like I feel like the, the it just fractured everything within the locker room as well. Like, I don't think anybody wanted A.J. Brown to go. And the fact that it wasn't astronomical money that he got from Philly. Like it was expensive, but it wasn't anything earth shattering. So I feel like no. the the locker room probably was a little more upset about it. I don't know if that, and then again, health comes down to it. If Tannehill's healthy and the offensive line can guard, then who knows what happens because Henry goes off and that changes everything. But Hopkins definitely yeah. will help. It gives us an option down the field. Obviously he's had good years even when he was in Arizona and they weren't great. He's still de- decent when he played. I know there was that six game suspension that he had to deal with, but when he's on the field, he's pretty solid. So can't be a loss, I guess, as long as he's healthy. Yeah. No, I see that. I see that. He's um he's really good. He makes about twenty five million dollars a year. And you're paying how much did Hopkins just get? I think it's two years twenty six, if I remember correctly. So you got him for two years for the same price, basically. Yeah. Right. Obviously, he did it because he's he's looking for a place to really show his skill, which is crazy to me because we have a horrible team, and he looked great. <laughs> yeah. So that's... why he has to go somewhere and showcase? I, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. I mean, that's I mean, what needs to be done. I guess. If that's you think about done. it too, the crazy thing is, even when he was not with the Cardinals before he was Houston, how many quarterbacks did he play with? Even when Deshaun was there because he was suspended or hurt, like he played. No, with take so Deshaun many... out. If you those numbers. Taking Deshaun out, I can't. I don't know who they are. Yeah, that's twelve quarterbacks with, and I don't know any other names. No, that's what I'm saying. And he still, we knew who he was with one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, so it's like you know, at least Calvin Johnson back when he was amazing, everyone's like, oh, he has Stafford. So at least he has like a solid, decent, you know, obviously now Hall of Fame quarterback, probably. Yeah, but like at the time, it'd be hard to find somebody to be able. Yeah, you're just you're looking at. Arizona, I mean, uh, Houston at the time, like, they didn't have anybody, and they were rotating offensive coordinators like crazy, but somehow mm-hmm. Hopkins always seemed to just be doing his thing, so. That's a good point to your point. It'd be hard to find somebody, even in Houston, probably, besides Deshaun Watson, who threw the most touchdowns as a Texan to DeAndre Hopkins. I, I couldn't I couldn't even guess. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you ask that same question about Megatron, everyone knows, oh, Matt Stafford. Okay, yeah, for sure. So, to your point, I agree. Kind of but does this so this makes them better? We've agreed. Does this put them in a playoff picture? Well, that's the thing because if the defense can be as good as it was last year and the Which offense is better, then yes, they have a chance. Now, whether it's a division title or wild card, that's up for debate because Jacksonville is going to be really good, and I think Lawrence is only going to be better with another year under his belt with uh, the system right. that Peterson has brought in. Because obviously, as the year got on last year, they got better offensively because they started to figure it out. And then mm-hmm. they add Calvin Ridley, who comes over in the trade from Atlanta after the suspension for gambling, which okay, is whatever. insane that's, to me. Yeah, but that's whatever. <laughs> he didn't do yeah. anything. You know, like he didn't get in trouble with the law. He just gambled. And he wasn't supposed to on the property or against the NFL. Okay, that's bad, yeah. but there's worse things you could have done. 
So he, he gets a year off to get healthy and probably is going to feel the best he's he was hurt. Yeah. So he's going to feel amazing. He's going to have a whole camp. He's probably going to know the system within probably a week or two of the camp. He's probably going to have one of the best camps of the teams in the NFL. I wouldn't be shocked if we're hearing about him on NFL Network when they do all the team recaps. You know, each day they do a different team. I expect him to be talked about a lot, and I expect Jacksonville to be really good, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only person standing in your way for the division. But, um, I mean, the other thing standing in your way is in the AFC. Yeah, it's it feels like the so Western Conference. Not, yeah, it's not going to be easy. Uh, you have a chance at the wild card. Maybe your division might be your best bet, to be honest with you. I mean... But even then, like, I don't know. Like, if, if Jacksonville is as good as I think they're going to be, it's not going to be easy regardless. I mean, thankfully, in, you know, Texans are rebuilding and they're terrible. Indy... They're not going to be good because I would assume Richardson as a young quarterback, if he plays, is not going to be great. But I don't know. I just Jacksonville was nine and eight last year. I feel like they're going to probably win ten or twelve games this year. Seven teams make it from each conference, right? Yeah, I believe so. Do these three up top make it in? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just right. Saying, I'm so there's three: Buffalo, Cleveland. Yeah, which okay, but. Baltimore and Cleveland, I mean, uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore are in the same division, so one of those is going to be a wild card. Yeah, which is fine, but I'm asking, are they making the play? Are, is one of these two teams missing the playoffs this year? I mean, no, you haven't looked at the schedules. I'm just thinking no, off the top of your head. Not. I think Ravens-Bills are in. Okay, and obviously the Bengals, I think I think they're going to win the AFC, to be honest with you. Maybe yeah. not as far as, like, uh, in the playoffs, but I mean as far as the one seed. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um. I'm not saying they'll get out of the AFC. I just think they'll win the AFC is to be the one seed of the AFC. Yeah, been there as a um, Titans fan. I get it. <laughs> one of one of these guys is out, right? Is in? Maybe. Oh, Chiefs are. Or this guy? Chiefs, Chiefs are. Chiefs okay, are. So there's four. Sure. Do you think anybody else from this division is making it? Broncos or, or Chargers? I think at least one, right? I feel like the Broncos have a chance just because Peyton's going to be a much better coach, and it sounds like Wilson's coming to camp like in much okay. better condition and shape. So there's five. There's five. Now we have the East. We already got the winner of the East. Any of these teams making the playoffs as well? If if dude, if Tua can stay healthy, I think Miami's got it. Because even when he when he plays, they are really really good, and they only got better on defense with Ramsey trade from the Rams. So <clears throat> I agree. I think. I so think yes, Dolphins at least one of the teams. Do you think two of these teams? Do you think Dolphins and Jets? I don't think the Patriots obviously. No, do you think Dolphins think and Jets. Uh, Jets, man. They might do. They're pretty because they're pretty good defensively last year, and they had no. I mean Zach Wilson and the whoever they were rotating at quarterback. So obviously Rodgers mm-hmm. is more stable. We'll know the system because he's done it with the guy before who in yep. Bay. Hackett. He's got a couple mm-hmm. of his receivers there to teach everybody the system a little quicker. Mm-hmm. I, they, they probably get in. Talented I, defense. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they were battling uh, Buffalo for the division title all the way to the end. So there's six. Yeah, see? Seven. <laughs> no, this is six, seven. So this is one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Yeah, see? So I'm not even in. And maybe the Steelers step up this year. <laughs> yeah, they could. Dude, Tomlin's a good coach. I think they said he's the only coach to not be under five. Never have a loser. Right? Yeah, yep. so. Yep, and they, they did last year, too. I think they went uh, nine and eight. Yeah, and it's the same coaching staff, same everybody. Pickett's there, so they only get better by having more time to learn everything. They'll, they'll probably, and again, oh, man, that's that's three teams in the NFC North, too, then. Holy yep, so NFC, teams. so AFC East. AFC North and AFC West all have three teams each 
Okay, the worst part <laughs> about that too is even if I wanted to just say, okay, well then don't worry about the wild card because there's going to be too many and we want to win the division. Again, I think Jacksonville, depending on how they can team, win 12 yeah, games. So how are we going to win 12 games? I don't know. It's going to be rough, uh, bro. You're just going to have to hope that people are beating up on each other. The AFC is stacked. Okay, hold on. If we you're got, in the NFC, I, you would be a three seed. We got to pull up the Titans schedule. I got to even we got to try to guess like how many wins would you think they can pull out? Okay, let's year. see. Let's because just off the top, like. Oh my god, it's gonna be so bad. I don't even know, remember who they're playing. Preseason, preseason, regular season at New Orleans. I think okay, you can win that win. game. Yeah, that's a win. Host uh, hosting LA. Uh, you want to do optimistic or pessimistic? I'm gonna go win because we're at home. It's our first home game. Okay, home opener. First home game. Two and zero at Browns. No, I think you can win that one too. No, we're gonna lose that game. You're gonna lose in Cleveland. Yep. We're gonna lose two and one. Then you're going to lose to Cincinnati, right? Yep, we're going to lose to Cincinnati. <laughs> two and two. You win in Indy yep, on the road. We'll beat Indy. Division? Yep. Okay. Don't Three and two. You're beating Baltimore at home. We're going to beat Baltimore at home. I'm saying it now before the break where they're going to be stoked and ready to go into the bye. Okay. Four and two going into the bye. Uh, hosting the Falcons. Yeah. Five and two. Coming out of the bye, I think Vrabel's uh, record's like pretty solid. So I feel like. And the Falcons aren't very good. Yeah, absolutely. Five and two. You're beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Nope. Nope, not okay. happening. Five and three, I think you can. Be, I think you can win this game. Yeah, we're beating Tampa, no problem. Six and three, at Jacksonville. Nope, losing that game. Six, <laughs> six and four, hosting, hosting Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, winning that one. Seven and four, now hosting Indy. No, we're gonna lose that game. They're gonna come okay. back. Seven and five, oh. at Miami. Oh. Damn, you got no. We're gonna lose that game. <laughs> Seven and six. Oh, yes, you'll win yes, this game. We'll win Houston. Eight and six. Oh, yeah, we'll be Seattle. Seattle. We'll beat I think Seattle. you can win. I think you can beat them too. Nine and six. Ten and six. And then hosting Jackson come down to the last game of the season, like it did last year, and we could both have. So 11. let's just say you lose. Ten and seven. Yeah, I don't know if that gets us in because I just. Okay, let's look at Jacksonville's schedule then, oh. real quick. Ouch. Do we not? Okay. Ten and seven is—that's the pessimistic one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you gave yourself some some love a little bit. I know, but there's a couple games in there. I'm like, there's just—I don't feel comfortable. But you know. Okay, so let's just say ten and seven. Okay. Regular season at Indy. They're gonna beat them. Ooh, okay. They're definitely not gonna beat Kansas. So they're one and one. <laughs> All right, beat Texans. Yeah. Two and one. Three and one. Yeah. No. Three and two, definitely on the road. Yeah, they'll be the four best. and two. Beat New Orleans. They will not win in Pittsburgh. No way. So yes, New Orleans. Yeah, I think they'll beat New Orleans, but they so five and two, five and three. Oh, host the Niners. You know what? I'm gonna say yes because it's on the East Coast and it's a West Coast team coming all the way across. And it's an early game, and it's an early game. It's Ten a.m. Teams don't usually do good, so six. So six and three. Yep. And that's hosting. You said that you <clears throat> we would lose this one. We're winning this game at at. No, I think we're yeah. You said you were gonna. Oh no. Yeah, if it's in Tennessee, then we're gonna win. But if it's at Jacksonville, we're gonna lose that game. Okay. Oh, fuck now. Let's check six and three, six seven and three, eight and three, eight and four, nine and four, nine and five. I'll just give them to them. Let's do. They're good. Nine and five. Ten, six, okay, ten and five. six. Ten and five. 
11 and 5, and then come 11 and yeah, 5. So we're both going to be, it's so basically going to be 11 and 6, 10 and 7. Yeah, so I think it'll be, be close. I think it could be close. So they could be at 10 and 6, and we can be at 10 and 6 going into the final game and win or win the division. No, 9 and 7. Or whatever, yeah. Oh. Then you'd win and be 10 and 7. They would lose and be 10 and 7. And if you beat them, oh, man, and then have a, rough. you know, at least tie them, split. Yeah. That's gonna, it's it's gonna be tough. what happened last season. It's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna suck. <laughs> right. It's okay. Well, nothing to stress about right now. No. It's only July. Yep. Training camps and stuff is opening up. Which means it's time to sit back, relax, and watch the Jets unfold. Oh. Okay. Let's see. Hard knocks. Pick in New York. Obviously. Yeah. I feel like nobody really wants to be the team. No, of course not. But there's not. so much that's changed with here. Yes. Why why wouldn't they choose New York? Yes, you watch absolutely. Uh, probably won't watch it, but I'll see the highlights on Twitter and I'll see clips. So I'll see like the important stuff because I don't normally watch it anyway. So it's not really like a big deal to me. But I know there's only like what six teams they could have picked because there's like certain rules that the the team has to like can't be coming off the Super Bowl win or, like, all these different weird rules about it. So there's only – Oh, like, I didn't know that. It comes I down to, like, those. only six or eight teams at a time that can be picked. And obviously they want the one that's going to draw the most attention with, with Aaron Rodgers. That's the Jets. So yeah. I get it from that standpoint. <clears throat> but, like, I don't really care about hard knocks in the first place. So, again, I'll see the clips on Twitter. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like the Jets don't want anybody giving them giving up more access than they have to. So it sounds like this might be, like, a kind of muted down – Hard Knocks edition compared to years past. So that's not a good start either. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm going to watch some. Um, probably to your point, see some clips on, on Instagram or something like that. Yep. Little highlights here and there. Um, I, I have HBO or Max or whatever it's called these days. So, you know, if I'm bored working one day, I might flip it on and see what's going on. But really have, I mean, I have an interest because it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Just can't uh, double check. The head coach is pissed that it's there. Yeah, that they actually got is. All those, got what? That is actually kind of a cool story. Like, the coach is already pissed off that they're even going to be there in the first place. So, his reaction, interactions with everything and the cameras will be fun to watch. Exactly. So, we got the freaking discount double check. <laughs> we got an angry coach. We got young, cheap talent. So, that way they can sign all of Aaron Rodgers' friends Obviously. with Reese Hall, Sauce Gardner, and uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, sauce, bro. Dude, dude's dude's cool, bro. Yeah. I like that guy. I, I I was gonna say that's the guy who's probably gonna come out of Hard Knocks the best because he's gonna be so just like camera ready all the time. So I feel like him coming out of it is gonna be like the guy. He's gonna be everybody talking about him just because he's a personality the way he is. He's gonna eat up being on camera all the time and followed. So I expect him as to come he should, out bro. He's it. talented. Yeah. He Absolutely. deserved that uh, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like he's going to be the biggest winner out of all of this, to be honest. Yeah, and if Brees Hall didn't get hurt, I think he might have won offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, he probably would have. Did yeah, they... Garrett Wilson win it? Uh, actually, I think they did because I think that was the whole thing. They had both offensive oh, and Roy player of the year in defensive in 2023. Didn't, didn't yeah. make the playoffs. Oh no! Why does this say Oh Roy? And it says Yeah, here's the <laughs> defensive rookie of the year. I'm like, this is Oh. Oh my gosh! There it is. Off second one. Yeah, Did he win? Oh yeah, AP offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. See. So yeah. And if it wasn't him, I think it would have been. I think it would have been Brees Hall. So. Yeah, absolutely. So they have all the weapons there for Rogers to play with. So hopefully it all kind of pans out, and hopefully those guys come out of Hard Knocks 
you know, a little more known to the world. And like I said, I think Sauce is going to be the biggest winner of all of it anyway. So I like these. I like them. I like these guys. I think they're all pretty. I think they're talented. I think they're quiet, but like not too quiet. Like, you know, they have a personality, but they're not saying, oh, we're the best. We're, we're counting some of the Super Bowl. You know, and they're not being crazy. You know, no. they have confidence and stuff. But so the three that we mentioned, Quinnen Williams just signed his extension. He's young, though. I mean, he just got drafted a couple years ago. Signed yeah. four years, 96 million, 66 of it guaranteed. Well deserved. Uh, oh. I would put him as probably one of the top three to four nose tackles defensive linemen in the, in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Edge rusher or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely top two. I think him and Aaron Donald are probably just right there. And to be and he's also like he's famous for his sneezing and then blessing himself after he sneezed. He's got a couple other like. Oh, that was ones. that guy. I'm pretty oh, sure that was okay. him. And then he, what's the other one? He said he was playing with himself on Madden the other day, and like everybody, he was like, "Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I meant the video game." Yeah, you know. So like, yeah, he's like, like a, a normal a cool, dude, cool dude. So I feel like him being followed in Hard Knocks is going to be good for him. Like he's just going to be his weird personality in himself, and everyone's going to mm-hmm. eat it up and love it. So I feel like him and Sauce are going to be just they're going to be eating up all the camera time for sure. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And I mean, getting four years, ninety-six million is not a bad thing. So celebrate and be on camera and be a little happy about it. Yeah, yeah, might be (laughs) able to uh, get a new little Honda Civic or something to take to work. (laughs) Something small, uh, something small. That's but yeah, man. Yeah, no, that was. uh, I agree. I'm excited. Excited for NFL to come around. Yeah. Um, I do mostly take one sport at a time, so still going to be finishing up baseball before I get too much into football and basketball, but. NFL is probably my favorite sport to pay attention to. Um, it's fun to watch. It's fun to gamble on. Fantasy football is fun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the one game a week is the part that drives it the most because it's just like every game means everything. Cause... It's the scarcity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it, And every game is as important as the other because there's so few of them. It's not like baseball. You get 162, like start 0-3. You're like, eh. We got 159 more to go. We'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. In baseball, you're going to win that. 60 that's... and lose 60. It's whatever you do with the other 40. Like, that's going to happen in baseball. But in football, like, they always break it down to quarters, like every four games, which now there's a plus one at the end. But, like, you want to win each quarter, and you can't go two and two every quarter and expect to, like, make the playoffs every year. Like, you're going to have to win, if not multiple quarters, at least one quarter and go 500 the rest to even have a chance. So yeah, NFL, not as exclusive or difficult as college, right? You basically no. can't lose in college. But, yeah, and that's yeah, just because of I the mean, ranking thing. It's not really because of the standings, which is stupid. Right, no, right, yeah, exactly. Stuff. It's just because if you lose, then you suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's yeah, like the rule. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, just, I don't know. It's it's going to be, should be should be a good season, man. I'm excited, like I said, with D-Hop going to Tennessee, that whole, has a whole new dynamic, so we'll see what happens there. The Rodgers thing in New York and... The AFC feels like the Western Conference in the NBA. My God, I don't know how how the Titans even make the playoffs. But excited for it to start. And camp is, you know, just got to get everybody healthy out of camp because that's always like what we talked about with fantasy drafts. You do the fantasy draft the Wednesday or Tuesday before it all starts because crazy things happen in camp. Like crazy things. Whether it be happen. injuries or uh, promotions or demotions or. Yep. Somebody fall down the stairs in their apartment and hit their hand. Like, you know, there's always like some weird injury or something. Oh, something crazy, bro. Crazy thing. Like, you just never know. So, excited for it. Yep. Excited for it. Take a more forth. Drop a follow. <laughs>